Welcome to episode 11 of the Heads and Tails podcast which brings to you a little bit of cricket from the present and a whole lot of cricket from the past. This week we are joined as ever by Nitin Sundar who's going to first tell us what's been up in the world of cricket. Nitin, how are you doing? I'm good Abhishek. Uh, thanks thanks for that uh, intro. I don't know why you didn't introduce yourself and you made it sound like I'm a new guest on your podcast. Uh, <laughs> but but glad to glad to be here and uh, yeah, I've been watching the IPL uh, because one of us at least has to follow the real cricket that's happening around us. So we are we are recording on Monday night uh, on the 17th of April soon after uh, RCB versus CSK the South Indian derby ended with Chennai Super Kings once again putting it past RCB uh, at the Chinnaswamy stadium it's becoming a bit of a tragedy for RCB whenever they run into Chennai Super Kings uh, in Bangalore uh, so Rajasthan Royals uh, sitting pretty at the top of the table with 8 points after 5 games and then there's a big traffic jam where Lucknow Chennai Gujarat Punjab are all stuck on 6 points and below them below them you have Kolkata Bangalore Mumbai and Sunrisers on 4 points each Delhi Capitals yet to open their account lots of flawed teams uh, lots of tight games not necessarily the greatest quality of cricket but great masala good good entertainment i can also tell you that there's some other cricket going on which is the uh, test between sri lanka and ireland at the scenic golf stadium where the sri lankan batters have promptly filled their boots four of them scoring centuries and in their reply ireland are uh, struggling they are already down six or seven wickets and it's going to be a tall order for them to not lose this test by an innings uh in other news we also have uh, a five match t20 series going on in an odi world cup year inexplicably so between uh, new zealand and pakistan which uh, pakistan is leading uh, 2-0 right now and uh, the new zealand side is of course a little depleted because a quite a, quite a few of their players are playing in the ipl the pakistan side is at full strength and uh, really showing their might at uh, at home and i find uh, new zealand's approach to the ipl window the most uh, interesting of all the countries right they've they've sort of made their peace with the fact that the ipl is what it is so and i think players are given a lot of agency and a lot of choice in deciding whether they want to pursue chances in the ipl so we have devan conway uh, michel santner and uh, other players who are now turning up for ipl teams while some of their other top players are playing uh, international cricket and we know trent bolt uh, you know famously pulled out of a new zealand contract so that he could freelance in t20 i don't know how much longer new zealand will remain the force that they've been in the last few years because i think this is a slightly unsustainable model for them but it's interesting to see uh, countries adapting to the ipl and it's also interesting to see that you continue to steadfastly ignore the ipl while watching as i put it more meaningless cricket uh, which is international cricket happening around the world <laughs> i i can't find the time to follow the ipl from the beginning and uh, from the middle it just seems like a lost cause i do catch a bit of the ipl here and there though i watched a bit of the bangalore chase today and as soon as i switched on my tv uh, the brilliant partnership between maxwell and faf duplessy <laughs> got broken <laughs> so yeah for once <laughs> rcb fans have someone else to blame <laughs> well done well done yeah it was basically a six hitting competition between chennai and bangalore and i think that's what t20 is largely becoming i think t20 cricket is now perhaps where odi cricket was in the early to mid 90s with batsmen really realizing what they can do in this format and uh, 
I think any score, no score is safe anymore. Sixes can be hit by any batsman against any bowler at any point in time. So interesting times ahead for T20 cricket as it moves to the to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. This week we have a very special occasion and a very special excuse to hop on to our time machine. Arjun Tendulkar, son of Sachin Tendulkar, made his IPL debut uh, last week for the Mumbai Indians. While his father is soon going to turn 50, who could have thunk that that day would come at some point in time? Sachin Tendulkar, the boy who grew up before our eyes, is now going to be 50. And to mark the occasion, we are not going for our usual hook. We're just going to recount some of our favorite, perhaps a little offbeat uh, memories of Sachin's career. And so, Nitins, over to Mm -hmm. you. Uh, which one are you going for first? <laughs> it was uh, it was tough to pick moments out of Sachin's career, right? So just to make this very clear for our listeners, we decided we are not going to pick knocks or we are not going to pick uh, you know matches, uh, so to speak. We wanted to very specifically you know drill down to moments from Tendulkar's career. And sometimes uh, when you think of something like Sachin's career, you just close your eyes and you have so many of these moments uh, that just flash by in front of you. Right, and Sachin's career is replete with them. So it was tough to pick. Wanted to make sure that I picked the right ones. Uh, I'm sure that uh, I probably, you know, ended up not picking. I'm, I'm sure soon after recording this, I'm going to think about those moments that I missed to put in my final list and probably feel bad about those. But anyway, here goes. Uh, before, in fact, uh, we get into the moments, I want to read out a couple of tweets that I've put out uh, in the past on Sachin's birthday, which is on the 24th of April. So this is uh, something I tweeted a few years back. On this day, the birth of a game changer whose love for cricket keeps him involved <laughs> in the game and enriching it even now. Happy birthday, Kumar Dharmasena. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, so I, I, I tend to do this, but then you know you can't, you can't joke on a legend's birthday. So then I quickly follow that up with another tweet. Ha, kidding, yeah. On this day. Birth of an expert at his craft, a maverick turned mentor who played a crucial part in the fabulous India versus Australia final at Sharjah in 1998. Happy birthday, Damien Fleming, <laughs> who also was born on the 24th of April, uh, sharing sharing screen time with with the legend Sachin Tendulkar. But yeah, jokes apart, I think Ramesh Srivats on Twitter, very famous on Twitter, named April 24th uh, Ranmashtami as uh, you know. As a hat tip to Janmashtami because it is Tendulkar's birthday. And I think that's the sort of uh, uh, weight that this day carries in cricket's annals. So, uh, uh, my first moment uh, from Sachin's massive repertoire. The first one I pick is, uh, I'm going to Kochi in 1998. The first ODI in Kochi between India and Australia. This was part of a tri-series that also involved Zimbabwe. And this was during the period where Australia generally used to beat India in one-day cricket quite a bit. Uh, this game followed a slightly different trajectory. India batted first, got uh, a 300-plus score, which they generally did not tend to do. And they, they got it despite Tendulkar actually failing with Ajay Jadeja scoring a century. Uh, but uh, Australia were off to a flyer in their chase and they were running away with the game. At uh, With 20 overs to go, they barely needed run a ball with a lot of wickets in hand. And then Tendulkar comes on to bowl. He picks up five wickets. The wicket that I really remember and enjoy the most is the very first one where he bowls a flighted leg break, lands on middle stump, spins away the way only Tendulkar deliveries can uh, from Steve Waugh. Steve Waugh is on on the front foot trying to work it to the leg side, gets a thick leading edge which flies right back at the bowler. 
Tendulkar takes a good catch with both hands and then the way he celebrates, that's the moment that really sticks with me where it's like he, he's holding a very hot ball in his hand and he's tossing it from one hand to the other and he's making a blowsh, blowfish uh, sort of, uh, you know, thing with his mouth and he's blowing the ball and he's very happy. And it's a great spell. It's the start of a great spell because he then follows that up by getting Darren Lehman LBW. He gets Michael Bevan stumped down the leg side. He gets Tom Moody stumped as well and he gets uh, Damian Martin to hole out. Uh, so, five wickets there for Sachin. Uh, do you remember the spell, Chops? Absolutely. Uh, this was one of those matches where, uh, you know, the captain throws the ball to uh, a non-regular bowler as a last throw of the dice. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, uh, Australia were actually uh, one over short in their chase because of their slow over rate. And uh, by the time Tendulkar actually got his first over, it was almost curtains for India. And then he turned it around like only he could. Uh, about the Steve Ward dismissal, he writes in his uh, absolutely terrible book that he actually had this feeling Steve Waugh was never comfortable against his bowling. And he mm. gives the example of how he felt against Hansi Kronje. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And he says that it was just one of those days when everything he was trying was coming off uh, brilliantly. He was trying off spin to left-handers and leg spin to right-handers. Uh, because, you know, the concept was taking the ball away from the batter and it just happened perfectly. Uh, even the Steve Waugh ball, there's a very nice drift that goes into yeah. his pads and then it just turns a shade away and, and it's a beautiful dismissal. The one that I picked was Michael Bevan. Mm -hmm. So you have to know what Michael Bevan meant in back in the day. I mean, this could have been, uh, you know, 140, 150 chase of the last 20 overs and you could... Rely on Michael Bevan uh, seven, eight, nine times out of ten to you know get to the target in a canter. Uh, in this match, uh, Tindulkar had uh, a trick up his sleeve. Uh, while bowling to Bevan, he had no fielders in the circle on the leg side, which meant that it was open territory for you know Michael Bevan to do his usual ones and twos. And in that over, uh, after Steve Waugh had got out. In the next over, Michael Bevan had already scored, I think, one or two runs into the leg side, into the open areas of the leg side, uh, coming down the track and basically uh, turning Sachin's ball into a half volley and just gliding it into the leg side with his wrists. And when Sachin comes uh, to bowl next time, he essentially bowls the same ball with a slight difference. It's a little faster and it's further down the leg side. And he writes in his book how he had already told Mongia he's going to try this uh -huh. because he's seen uh, uh, Bevan try this against him in the last over. And Bevan is beaten all ends up. He tries to play the same shot. The ball is a little too far away. Mongia is already there on the leg yeah. side of on the leg stump waiting for the ball. And it's a super easy stumping. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and this is also the time, if you remember, uh, Tendulkar still had curly hair. He yes. still had a stupid French cut uh, beard <laughs> and he had this kada in his hand. He used yes. to bowl quite rarely, but he used, to balls, he used to jiggle it all the time. Yes. Yeah. And then he used to wear, uh, you know, full length sleeves while bowling and put it very clumsily up, fold it up. And then after he had bowled the ball, it would come down again and it would have to be <laughs> folded up again. So, yeah, I mean, yes. the match is just imprinted in my mind because. It was, uh, you know, the chase, the Australian chase was uh, happening right after I got back from school. 
and so the five wicket haul was was really special and he had a very special uh, relationship with kochi he had a fifer there yeah. against pakistan later um, yes. obviously had ownership of the kerala blasters team in the isl for uh, for some time too so yeah i mean um, tendulkar and kochi were an unlikely match made in heaven so to speak not really god of cricket doing well in god's own country sort of uh, the script writes it writes well itself well said yeah? yeah so apart from the fact that he got a fifer sachin very nearly also got a hattrick in yeah. this game and the hattrick ball was bowled to shane vaughn yeah. who nicks the ball and i and i'm not sure from the replay but i think the edge actually carries to mongia who who fumbles Jadeja. it and the ball the ball then i think it loops off mongia's gloves towards point and yeah. jadeja runs in but he's not able to get there imagine he nearly got a hattrick and shane vaughn was the hattrick and shane vaughn in indian hattricks there is of course history there harbhajan <laughs> singh's hattrick was completed with shane vaughn as well yeah sachin tendulkar has two odi fifers in kochi Yes, that is one more fifers than Shane Warne has anywhere in the world. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well done, well done. Yep, it was a beautiful, beautiful spell. I'll go back to 1992, the World Cup that we had in Australia, um, and India actually ended up winning only two of their matches. one of them of course was against pakistan it was kind of the start of uh, you know their winning streak against pakistan in world cups so obviously sachin had already made an important contribution with the bat and uh, uh, you know he had scored a 50 uh, kapil dev had scored a few quick runs azhar and jadeja had a decent partnership uh, at the top and by the time it was pakistan's turn to bat uh, in those days uh, you know the chase was not really that easy and then uh, india begin their innings with the ball quite well pick up two early wickets so pakistan is reduced to 2 for 17 at the crease are amir sohel and javed miadad we've already discussed how javed miadad since 1986 uh, especially since 1986 uh, you know uh, was a thorn in the indian side uh, after the six that he hit at uh, sharja of the last ball Uh, so they are going along quite nicely the required run rate is under control um, and then tendulkar's turn uh, to bowl again and this time he's not bowling spin he's actually bowling medium pace and again it's it's the 18 year old boy showing his uh, crazy crazy knack for uh, cricketing smarts when he's bowling to amir sohel the wicket keeper kiran more is standing back and when he's bowling to amir sohel uh, to javed miadad Kiran Mori standing, uh, you know, uh, right up to the stumps and, and jumping trick, up and down, <laughs> and jumping up and down. Yeah, of course, that moment is is etched in everyone's memory. But yeah. how did that moment come about? That moment came about because Sachin was using the same plan again. He was trying repeatedly to bowl down the leg side. It was it was almost you know since he was bowling pace and not spin, it was almost as if he was pitching his in dippers on leg stump or middle yeah. end leg stump. and putting them away because the plan was that when javed miander tries to flick the ball off his legs he sometimes overbalances and if he misses the swing and it goes into yeah. more's gloves who was a very sharp wicket keeper there's going to be a stumping chance that happens a couple of times uh-huh. uh, and uh, tendulkar actually is instrumental in making sure that while this partnership keeps going from 2 for 17 they end up this partnership ends uh, up at 105 when the third wicket falls 
he and venkatapati raju are instrumental in bringing down the run rate and making sure that pakistan is under lots of pressure and then finally uh, he can't pick javed miyadad who's obviously uh, by now jumping up and down to ape kiran more as he sees it he picks up uh, uh, amir sohel of a very very good low full toss the catcher is krish srikanth who was incidentally his first captain in uh, international cricket and again uh, as you pointed out for the steve war uh, ball that you mentioned is the celebration that gets you uh, yeah srikanth puts his hands down low as if you know getting the 18 year old to also come down low and then there is a low high five between them and then they hug and then the team comes around him and you realize that at that young age he is being relied upon to you know score a 50 a very crucial 50 at that at a very good strike yeah. rate and then also come and bowl 10 overs in what is you know the peakest of peak rivalries in world cricket even back yeah. in the day and he actually ends up winning the man of the match so yeah that's yeah. the that's one memory that i wanted to talk about from the first world cup that uh, you know i have hazy memories of uh, watching great great uh, memory there and this is something that i mentioned on our podcast before but it is something i would like like to repeat every time we do this podcast tendulkar has man of the match awards in world cups against pakistan in three separate decades yes. for me it is the most astonishing one liner about tendulkar's career and it's not just it's not a fraud as i said before it's not a fraud three decades span it is actually across about 23 or 24 years right because 92 uh, 2011 and uh, in between of course 2003 as well so a yeah, great anecdote there uh, i am now beginning to worry that we might not have a single batting anecdote that we remember which i'll go for now is uh, also against pakistan i am going to the year 2004 this is the fifth odi between india and pakistan in that famous return series where india go back to pakistan after a very long time uh, the the series the tour on which the book pandits from pakistan was written by rahul bhattacharya the, the tour in which sevag went on to hit the multan 300 before the test series there was a one day series which india nicked 3-2 uh, a tightly fought series a very high scoring one which went down to the decider in in lahore india batting first in lahore got 290 odd on the back of a vvs lakshman century 294 i think and uh, this was a series where 330 340 were the par scores so uh, a bit of a kg uh, score really for india and you thought pakistan had the upper hand going into the chase but india gets a bunch of early wickets with irfan patan and balaji getting a lot of swing but you knew that inzamam ul haq who at that stage in that series especially was scoring a lot of runs against india could take this very deep uh, murli kartik is bowling to inzamam from over the stumps uh, so he's trying to cramp him for room doesn't stop enzi from charging out of the, out of the crease uh, going inside out down the ground uh, he's trying to hit a six over long on uh, it's a very flat shot a very powerful shot it looks like it's going to clear the ropes but uh, tendulkar runs across to his left from a wideish long on uh, towards the straight end of the boundary puts out both hands he stretched to his full height that entire <laughs> it's not much to speak of but he's he's fully stretched there and manages to catch it on the edge with both hands uh, and uh, is literally less than a foot away from the boundary there it's a very very smart catch i think there are so many tendulkar catches over the years that uh, that we remember uh, so many great pieces of fielding in the outfield this is one that i remember because it uh, it was very decisive you knew at that moment that india were going to win the series though uh, pakistan still had batting i think they had yunus khan to come they had moin khan and a 
and they had a reasonable middle order but you knew that once inzama was out they'd already lost some early wickets that india were going to win this uh, series uh, so it's it's a it's a catch that was replayed many times over because it was yep. played out as a decisive moment in the series and typical tendulkar smarts manages to keep his balance and take a, a lovely catch in the outfield absolutely and i mean what you said about his fielding is so true i mean he was one of those guys who had tremendous ball sense and the one thing that i always say about tendulkar is so many of his amazing catches which are not perhaps recognized to be as amazing as they are could have been you know recognized amazing catches by other fielders because they would have had to dive around tendulkar yeah. was just amazing at knowing where he should be for what kind of catch and he always made it look so easy he would perhaps run a little bit but i mean seldom did he have to put in the dive because he just had tremendous um, sense of how the ball would be behaving while coming close yeah. to him so yeah tremendous fielder and uh, i mean the thing that you mentioned uh, i'm really afraid of it uh, myself now because <laughs> the because the third one i've got is is perhaps my favorite one uh, it's it's sachin as captain so we're going to 1997 at uh, vankhede uh, this was a test match against sri lanka the third test of a three test series um i think uh, it was ah. nil nil uh, when yes. this test started because there was a test at mohali which was drawn and then there was a test at nagpur which was uh, i mean most of it was washed off due to rain and in this test india bat first they scored 512 sachin only has two international hundreds at vankhede uh, which is his home ground one of which came in this match it was his highest score there uh in international cricket 148 he has a huge stand with ganguly and then sri lanka reply with 361 uh, this is also that innings of sri lanka in which uh, jawagal srinath sends down one of his most infamous bouncers and uh, it goes through the grill of the sri lankan wicketkeeper lanka de silva who's retired hurt and then uh, india of course has a big lead they uh, go for quick runs in their second innings they declare at 181 for 9 scoring at 4 plus runs per over and they have set sri lanka 333 for the win and uh, sri lanka are are uh, more or less going to save the test uh, but india are are still in the hunt they are picking up regular wickets and then perhaps the last man standing Aravinda. between yeah. sri lanka and um, Uh, india or between india and the win rather is aravinda de silva who of course i mean has a has a great record against india uh, and aravinda was one of those shot making batsmen he was not one to be kept quiet at all and he was one of the best hookers and pullers you could say in that era from uh, the subcontinent the indian subcontinent so you knew that if it was going to be shot he was going to take it on and he was going to whack it into the leg side tendulkar uh, they say there is not much uh, stuff written about it but this is again something that i saw live and that's how i remember it they say that tendulkar was uh, again up to one of his old tricks uh, as captain of the indian team back then uh, gets jawagal srinath to bowl a, a a dolly a long hop to uh, aravinda at an easy pace by then jawagal shinath was anyway not very pacey um, except that first innings uh, ball that i mentioned to lanka de silva and at deep square leg is this indian off spinner rajesh chauhan 
who has been instructed by tendulkar to go backwards as the yeah. bowler starts running in because he knows that arvinda would have seen that fielder inside the boundary quite a few uh, yards inside the boundary and that would motivate him even more to go for the big shot but uh, unbeknownst to arvinda rajesh chauhan is actually walking back and as soon as the shot is hit it's almost picture perfect i think rajesh chauhan has to stretch a little bit above his head but in the end it's a fairly easy catch and the indian celebrate uh, they hope that this is going to open the doors to uh, you know a, a test match win which was uh, obviously precious back in the day uh, steve buckner is the umpire who uh, the match report says had probably spoken to the indians about it earlier too but somehow uh-huh. uh he didn't mind this dismissal uh, <laughs> a little bit of protest from uh, arvinda more so from roshan mahanama was at the non strikers end uh, but it's to no avail as arvinda has to go off the ground so as the rules go the fielder is allowed to walk in towards the batsman but he's not allowed to go backwards so or sideways uh, or sideways of course so, so rajesh chauhan was flouting the rules there and it's very consistent with what you would expect from steve buckner right <laughs> uh, he will always do what you don't expect him to do <laughs> i would have you would imagine that this is exactly the sort of thing that an umpire would be quick to reprimand and censure and not actually give the wicket away but he's like hey <laughs> go do as you please many run-ins between tendulkar and buckner over the years but uh, this is one of those where uh, sachin probably was pleasantly surprised by the way steve buckner handled it Uh, yeah. then they say that you know that part i don't remember but i've just read it somewhere that the indians tried it again but uh, you know bad light or perhaps karma came in the way and uh, the test ends in a draw with sri lanka at 166 for 7 uh, but this is just one of those moments where you know all all the aura around sachin being uh, the the cricketing man as they say Mm-hmm. is uh, you know you you see through it a little bit and you figure out that yeah. you know when when it gets a bit desperate then even the best are <laughs> perhaps uh, fallible no problems that i have with it i mean you you use up whatever gamesmanship you can but it's just one of those moments which uh, perhaps present a chink in the image that we've drawn up of sachin uh, one of uh, my favorite moments of uh, his he loses the captaincy soon after but um, i wish he could have won this test at home uh-huh. as captain uh my third one uh, is also again doesn't have anything to do with uh, tendulkar's batting it doesn't have to do with tendulkar's captaincy or his bowling or his fielding for that matter i decided to pick a memory of tendulkar something that we have replayed many times or we've had replayed many times in front of our eyes I decided to pick one of the ads that uh, Sachin Tendulkar has been in over the years and uh, once I decided I'll pick an ad there were again so many contenders right the first one that comes to mind is of course the famous boost ad with Kapil Dev boost is the secret of my energy <laughs> and uh, but Kapil you have Dev to is... do it in the Kapil Dev voice also or oh, energy no, i can't do <laughs> Kapil Dev <laughs> that 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 voice of Kapil Dev is not easy to do no today is about sachin so we leave it at that i don't think my sachin voice is very good either no i thought of that one i didn't do that i also thought of uh, sachin and kamli uh, uh, running or, or you know trying desperately hard fighting with each other to try and get a bottle of pepsi but i didn't go for that one either i decided to go for one that involves almost the entire indian team and shahrukh khan so this is 
uh, from 99, around the 99 World Cup, it is a Pepsi advertisement. Um, I'm sure you'll remember it as I start narrating it. So this is what happens. It's Shah Rukh Khan trying to sneak into a cricket ground. And this is in England where the 99 World Cup was happening. So the gatekeeper is this uh, Englishman, you know, dressed up very formally and he, and he sends him off. He says, you can't get in over here. And as he's sending away, uh, shooing away Shah Rukh, there is an entire crate of Pepsi cans that's being wheeled into the ground. Now Shah Rukh definitely wants to go in because he wants the Pepsi as well. So what does he do? He dresses up as Sachin Tendulkar. And uh, he, he also puts on a Tendulkar voice and comes back to the gate. And, and he's let in by the, by the gatekeeper. right? So he then enters the ground, he enters the dressing room, where there are all these Indian players. And uh, Shah Rukh Khan sort of trying to bumble around there. Uh, and eventually, uh, as Shah Rukh is about to get his Pepsi, he gets his Pepsi and then Azhar comes and pats him on the back. Azhar is the captain and says, Hey, Sachin, you are next. Pad up. So Shah Rukh is thrown out of the dressing room. He has to go out and bat now because everybody thinks he is Tendulkar. He's about to enter the ground when uh, Sachin Tendulkar himself is there. And he says, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, Sachin, he says. <laughs> and he says, I'll take it from here. Uh, so Shah Rukh uh, then sheepishly gives away the wig and tries to give away the bat, except Sachin doesn't take the bat. He takes the can of Pepsi and says, I'll take care of this. <laughs> you take care of the batting. So it's a wonderful ad. It's an ad that uh, I remember watching many times over during the 99 World Cup and uh, re-watching uh, on YouTube many times over as well. So uh, yeah, definitely do check it out on YouTube if you haven't. Nice. Lovely. So that was us on episode 11 of Heads and Tails. Uh, paying our tributes to the great career of Sachin Tendulkar by not talking about any of his batting performances. <laughs> we talked about his bowling, his fielding, his captaincy and even his acting. Uh, <laughs> we wish Sachin uh, many, many more years of uh, a great life and a great career ahead. Thank you so much for listening to us. If there are any more memories of Sachin that you hold special in your heart, please let us know about them. And of course, if there are any matches from the past you would want us to talk about featuring Sachin or featuring someone else, please let us know. So Nitin, it's time to say goodbye. It's time to say goodbye. Thank you so much. Thank you Sachin for the wonderful memories. Happy birthday in advance to Sachin Tendulkar. We are very, very glad to celebrate his birthday on the Heads and Tails podcast. And I hope, as always, you celebrate this 50 by putting your bat up and looking at the skies. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, do give us five stars on Spotify. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You were listening to Heads and Tails, hosted by Abhishek Chopra and Nitin Sundar. Produced by Audiomatic. Producers for Automatic, Rajesh Tahil and Avdood Khanolkar. Assistant Producer, Pia Kash.